Hi, I'm Nick Bisley, the Executive Director of La Trobe Asia. The lecture you're about to hear is entitled Australia Through the Eyes of the Chinese and was presented at La Trobe University by Li Jianjun, the Director of the Australian Studies Centre at Beijing Foreign Studies University and the Secretary General of the National Association of Australian Studies in China. Thank you for coming. It's really a pleasure to be here. And uh, um, we are here for a study tour and uh, we really learned a lot uh, yesterday. And uh, now this talk um, is an outcome of uh, a book I did um, uh, several years ago. I did uh, a project, uh, interviews of ordinary Chinese people's perception and the knowledge of uh, Australia. So, and uh, this is the, the, the outcome of the book. And after the presentation, I promise to leave the book with uh, La Trobe University Library. Thank you. Um, now, um, how this um, project um, was uh, started? Um, several years ago, when I uh, was at Griffith University, and uh, uh, really interested in, uh, we, we Chinese people often uh, care about how uh, Western countries, how other countries look at us, but uh, very few uh, scholars in China uh, do research about how uh, we look at others, uh, look at um, um, people in other countries. So uh, I start to think about maybe I can do this. Um, I have to apologize because uh, my field, my research area, I mean, uh, is Austrian literature. So it's, uh, I'm no expert on uh, China-Australia relations or uh, Australia-China relations, but I'm really interested uh, in this topic, in this project. So I applied for um, ACC, um, Australia-China Council uh, funding for, to support this project, and they did uh, support the project. So this is uh, how uh, uh, the genesis of the project. <clears throat> so the project aims to interview ordinary Chinese people of their knowledge and perception of Australia and examine the extent of Australia, Australia's presence uh, in China. Here, ordinary Chinese, I mean, uh, those who have never been to Australia and whose occupations are not related to Australia. So really ordinary Chinese people, uh, they have no special knowledge. They're not scholars they, or they, what they do have nothing to do with Australia. So um, here I interviewed 40 uh, Chinese of different backgrounds across the country. Uh, uh, they all have post-secondary education. I mean, uh, most of them have university education. Uh, college education, uh, and uh, uh, most of them at, le at least have some command of English. They can speak. Maybe uh, a lot of them uh, don't speak fluent English, but they have some command of English uh, because uh, in China, in high school, and uh, English is a compulsory, compulsory course, so uh, most of them speak um, uh, a little English. <coughs> Uh, the main ob objectives of the project um, are to arouse Chinese people's awareness of and uh, interest in Australia. And this is one of the uh, purposes. Uh, second, to reflect the extent of Australia's presence in China, to serve as a reference for the Australian government to conduct its future activities in China, to serve as a guide for scholars in the field of Australian studies, both in China and outside, to conduct their research or teaching and to help Australians in China 
to understand Chinese people. To, because uh, nowadays, more and more Australians, uh, they start to either work or study uh, in China. So maybe this may help uh, those people, those Australian people in China, uh, to know how uh, they are perceived, how Australia is perceived uh, in China. <clears throat> uh, when I did the project, uh, the interviews, um, uh, no questionnaire is set for the interviewees, and they are all required not to make any preparation before the interview. I tell them, no, don't read anything about the uh, uh, materials about Australia. Just tell me what you know. I mean, um, so no preparation is needed. Don't have to uh, um, <coughs> uh, try to find information on the internet. No. Um, so then, um, generally, I ask uh, questions about, uh, on six topics, including uh, politics and foreign policies, economy, uh, Australian economy, uh, society and culture, environment and landscape, uh, studying Australia and immigration, and uh, the Aboriginal issues. So generally, uh, the questions are asked, or what do they talk about, um, <coughs> about the six uh, topic areas. Now these 40 uh, Chinese, uh, their age, um, between um, uh, early 20s and 40s. Um, so uh, we call them uh, uh, young people. Young people. Um, the occupation. Uh, some of them are teachers, accountants, uh, editors in publishing houses, uh, judge, publisher, uh, civil servant, government officials, uh, uh, army officer, even policemen, uh, businessmen, college students, researchers, designer, salesperson, broadcaster, engineer, freelance writer, and translator. Uh, they are, by Chinese standard, they are well-educated people. Um, we call them maybe emerging middle-class people. Uh, middle -class people. <coughs> <coughs> Now, first, uh, I'd like to uh, ask questions about ask them a question about uh, Australian politics, politics and the foreign policies. What do they know about uh, Australian political system or uh, their uh, government lead, uh, uh, government leaders or foreign policies, uh, Australian foreign policies? Now, this is the uh, the summary of their uh, <coughs> of the interviews. Uh, most people cannot name Australia's prime ministers, for example. They don't know. The names of prime ministers you can't name. Okay, um, but <laughs> most people uh, they say Australia is active on the world and local political stage. They they are aware of that, uh, so they think that uh, Australia is active, um, especially compared with uh, Canada and New Zealand. They feel that uh, Australia is more active uh, than those two countries especially uh, in uh, local political states. That, that, that means uh, Asia-Pacific areas. Okay. Um, but um, they say, uh, most people say, uh, Australia's political influence is small, although uh, Australia is active, but its influence is, is not much. Uh, Australia's influence mainly um, maybe in Southeast Asian affairs, okay, Asia-Pacific, but not on the world stage. 
influence is not that large. Uh, when we talk about Australia's following of the US uh, in, foreign, in foreign policies, in foreign affairs, uh, most people say, yeah, it is understandable. I mean, uh, they understand. They show their understanding. Uh, because they say uh, Australia is lack of a uh, sense of security, maybe. So it is natural, it is understandable, and it is acceptable. Although some people say maybe Australia shouldn't do that, okay. uh, sh should be more independent. independent. <coughs> uh, about Australia's positioning as a bridge between the West and the East, most people say maybe the bridge is not necessary because uh, China can. Uh, directly, I mean, uh, communicate with uh, West countries. Maybe this bridge is not that uh, needed, not that necessary. Um, so it's not generally accepted in China, this positioning of bridge between uh, the East and West. Um, but when they say, talk about the uh, China-Australia relationship, they say, it's quite good, it's good. Uh, no uh, big conflict. Uh, the relation, they are very positive about the relationship, uh, generally. Uh, they say the relationship is good, um, especially uh, when we compare China, uh, China's relationship with other Western countries. They say uh, the relation between uh, Australia and China is, is quite good, it's quite good. This is uh, what they say, uh, generally. And uh, this is from one of the interview, interviewees. Um, <coughs> you see here, uh, Australians themselves seem to feel vulnerable and insecure, afraid of being taken up by neighboring countries. I think this fear has something to do with their history, culture, and geography. Australia's coastline is too long to be attended to. Naturally, Australia always wants to have protector, Britain or the US. Okay, this is from one of the interviewees. Um, uh, another uh, interviewee says, I think Australia's importance has been increasing. Some people say it is dependent on the U.S., but I think it is independent enough. The U.S. is the most powerful in the world. To be antagonistic to the U.S. doesn't mean a country is more independent. <laughs> it may simply mean it's stupid in a way. So <laughs> Australia doesn't have to be, uh, yeah, in order to show its independence, then uh, try to be different from uh, the United States in foreign policies. So I think this is, this makes sense. Yeah, this makes sense. Now this um, interview is, is a, uh, when I interviewed her, she was, uh, uh, she works at a uh, provincial radio, uh, she's a radio broadcaster. So she's, I think this is quite a fair uh, opinion on the, uh, when talking about uh, Australia's uh, foreign affairs, foreign policies. <coughs> uh, I remember I once asked the question to your uh, ambassador uh, in Beijing. Uh, the question is, people say, uh, your foreign policy is not independent. You are, you are always following the, uh, the, the United States. I remember he said something like, yes, our foreign policy, we have independent foreign policy. Our Independent foreign policy is to follow the United States. <laughs> That's right. Now, the second topic is about Australian uh, economy. <coughs> uh, they say, uh, most of them say, of course, this is 
I mean, almost every Chinese know that Australia is a developed economy, is a developed country, uh, de developed West country. Uh, high living standards, uh, little pressure of survival, for example. Especially uh, in China, we still have people, I mean, they have difficulty of survival even. So when they talk about uh, Australia, they say, yeah, Australia is a developed country and uh, co co comfortable life and uh, very little of, um, uh, pressure for survival. And uh, most, most of them know that uh, Australian uh, tourism is a very developed, yeah, very developed tourism industry. And rich in natural resources, high quality milk and wool products. Now, this is from uh, high school uh, geography textbooks. Now, we have this information in, uh, in high school geography textbooks about when we talk, when Australia is mentioned uh, in the textbook. But um, most of them say there, there's no or rare presence of Australian products in China. Uh, maybe in Beijing, big cities in Beijing, in Shanghai, we may find uh, Australian products. But in most cities, in other provincial cities, maybe it's, it's, it's very hard. The Australian presence, uh, Aus the presence of Australian products is really rare, or there's simply no uh, presence at all. Uh, and um, they say, when talking about uh, uh, the Chinese-Australian economic relationship, they say it's uh, good for both countries. It's a kind of, we say, uh, they say win-win relationship. So it's, it's good. They are positive about the economic relationship. Um, one person uh, says, uh, in China, there are very few things that make people aware of Australia. Even in Beijing, there's almost no presence of Australian things. I have seen kangaroo toys several times in China. I know very little about famous Australian products or brands. Is there a well-known cosmetics? Sheep oil. This is what I know of, <laughs> sheep oil. Yeah, I think most people know this product, Australian <laughs> product. It's, and I mean, a lot of Chinese people, when they return from Australia, they take uh, uh, bottles of uh, sheep oil and they uh, give that give this to uh, friends or um, relatives in China. So this, uh, this product is quite well known in China. <clears throat> Another person says, uh, in Australia, job opportunities are limited, even for Australians themselves. I don't know where they get this. Uh, but the welfare system is good. The government doesn't create many op opportunities, perhaps because Australia has plenty of resources and provides good national welfare so that people don't have to work. <laughs> but many resources like coal, like coal and mineral are not renewable and will be used up one day. So now this person shows uh, concern about Australia's future, you see. Okay. Um, uh, then uh, the third topic is Australian society and culture, um, the social life. They say... Now, this is the uh, general impression. Uh, a stable society, very safe, stable. Uh, the the uh, secure and uh, good welfare. Okay. Um, I asked them where they get the information. They say uh, the source are from the Chinese in Australia. They have friends or classmates or uh, people they know uh, in Australia. Or Australians in China, some... Uh, Australian people in China and uh, uh, 
is also a source of information. And uh, uh, the third source is media, uh, internet and TV, for example. Um, <coughs> and uh, uh, they are impressed by Australian sports, okay, especially uh, after the, uh, uh, the Olympic Games in uh, 2000 uh, in Sydney. So very impressed by Australian sports. And uh, some, of, some of them even uh, can name um, some famous uh, sports um, uh, sportsmen, names of sportsmen. <coughs> but we have to say uh, most people's knowledge of Australian society and the culture is limited. It's quite superficial. It's not, uh, not deep. Um, uh, a lot of them say um, Australians speak very strange English. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe this is a uh, uh, misconception. I don't know. Uh, maybe they, they, they would say Australians' uh, English is different, of course, in, in accent, different from uh, British or uh, accent or American accent. So maybe they are less familiar with Australian accent. But they say, so I remember one person even says, uh, Australian, um, Australians speak bad English. That's, of course, that's a, a not correct statement. Uh, but they have very good impression of Australian people. So we're very positive about um, their impression of Australian people. They say um, Australians are more friendly than American and British people. So they're more uh, positive about um, Australian people. They, are more, uh, they say Australian people are more friendly, more approachable than um, Americans. Americans tend to be maybe more arrogant in, in China. And uh, uh, British people may tend to be difficult to, um, I mean, to approach, maybe they're more okay. Um, <coughs> not that easy to uh, uh, to approach, maybe. And they all say, "Sano Australian cultural exchanges should be promoted and enhanced." It is good, of course, for uh, for the people in two countries. So cultural exchanges and uh, uh, should be um, promoted and enhanced. Uh, one interview uh, here from Wayne. My teacher once went to Australia as a visiting scholar. He lived one year there, but didn't enjoy himself at all because he was too lonely. Okay. This is a lot of people's feeling in, in Chinese people's feeling in, in Australia. They feel lonely here. Okay. That's because he doesn't speak good English, <laughs> this person, a visiting scholar from China. He said that Australians were warm and friendly at the first meeting, but they didn't talk deep with you, and it was difficult to make friends with them. Uh, I don't like Australian accent much. My teacher said it was not that we couldn't understand their English, but that their accent was terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think this visiting scholar, I mean, maybe... Um, he had very limited English, so it's difficult for him to, uh, to communicate with, with uh, people in English, of course. So he felt, felt, felt very badly uh, about his experience in, in, in Australia. But he stayed here in one year. How horrible. I mean, um, <coughs> now another interview, uh, interviewee, another, another person. Australian sports stars are wonderful, especially swimming and beach volleyball stars. Very impressive. 
uh, I think Australia is a vigorous nation. They would rather be simple and straightforward, and their best experience is sport. When there are matches in Australia, like the tennis matches, the spectators are very supportive and responsive. So this is a very positive um, statement about um, Australian sport and Australian people. Uh, then, uh, environment and landscape, uh, geography and um, landscape. Uh, most people are impressed by the beautiful landscapes, okay. um, trees, um, and coasts, for example, and uh, beautiful scenery, okay. um, both um, primitive and modern landscapes. Uh, landscapes. Uh, most of most of them have heard of, for example, the Great Barrier Reef, the Opera House, the Gold Coast, for example. Um, they know the names, but maybe uh, from um, uh, uh, TV, from media, from uh, uh, internet, or from uh, tourist agents, for example. <coughs> and uh, uh, they know uh, of the unique animals, for example, the kangaroo, koalas, and uh, uh, this, of course, these animals uh, are mentioned in textbooks, geography uh, textbooks. And they all agree Australia is a beautiful country. And if uh, there is opportunity, uh, they will visit Australia, of course. Okay. It's a very attractive country uh, um, for them, um, <coughs> tourist country. Uh, this is from one um, person. Um, she says, when talking about Australia, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is tourism. Tourism in Australia is a developing industry with very good environment and clean air, especially for Chinese people, we are short of uh, clean air. So this is more important maybe for a lot of travelers, for tourists. Um, there are some unique animals like kangaroos, koalas, the landscapes like tropical rainforests, the oceans, the coast are beautiful. I remember Gold Coast is in Australia. So this is a very famous um, tourist spot in Australia. I got all this from TV and the internet. In geography class at school, the Great Barrier Reef is beautifully described. My impression of the Sydney Opera House is from TV. There's also a steel bridge next to the Opera House. So also from TV, I think it's a very uh, vivid um, picture of the place. Now, another interview says, uh, when talking about Australia, the first thing comes to my mind is the kangaroo and the koala and other unique animals. Uh, I know of the Great Barrier Reef, but with no deep impression. My impression of the Sydney Opera House is quite strong, as I often see it on TV. I know of Sydney and Melbourne, but again with vague impression. At school, when Australia was mentioned, my Im immediate thought was skin cancer. The hours of sunshine in Australia are long and sunshine is strong, so I think Australians more or less have skin problems. <laughs> is that right? So this is maybe kind of overstatement. Then, about uh, studying Australia and immigration, whether they want to uh, study in Australia or 
they want to send their children to study in Australia, or have they uh, sort of uh, immigration these uh, issues? <coughs> they would say um, Australia is not the first country of choice for most Chinese students. Okay. Uh, students, if they, if they want to study abroad, uh, the first country they think of is is United States. Then, if they cannot go to the United States, maybe uh, uh, Canada, then European countries. Then, if they can't go to those countries, then they might think of Australia. Okay. Uh, this is uh, uh, the situation. Maybe it will change in the future. I mean, they, because they know little about, they know they don't know much about uh, Australian universities. They know less, but we, when they know more, maybe they will change their mind. I think the situation has changed somewhat nowadays. Uh, it, will, it will change, I think. <coughs> so it's not the first choice for settlements after complete completion of study. Um, this is what they say. Uh, maybe after they finish uh, the completion of the study, they may want to, if we want to settle somewhere, they may want to settle in the United States or uh, other parts of the world, not in Australia. I think this will be changed um, because um, I have students um, studying at University of Adelaide last year, and uh, this year uh, she finished her uh, master's degree and she um, has chosen to stay in Australia. I think this will change. Uh, <clears throat> but when we ask those people, they say uh, most of them have little interest in studying in Australia. Okay. Um, and most won't choose Australia as the first choice for immigration. Um, they say the Chinese in Australia have much pressure. I think this is from what, um, what they know. Uh, the Chinese people uh, living in, in China, uh, they get this impression from those people, uh, those Chinese people in Australia, living in Australia or uh, settled in Australia. Uh, so generally, they say Australia has little attraction for the emerging middle class in, in China. Okay, they they want to leave, uh, want to uh, settle here. Want to they don't want to uh, live here permanently. Okay. Uh, the attraction is not that much. Uh, they say yes. No, nothing at all. No, no. Nothing. I mean, maybe there's not many uh, job opportunities for the Chinese people. Yeah. Economic. Yeah, economic. Because Australia is a small, uh, the market is small, and uh, job opportunities are, it's not, has nothing to do with racial issues. No, it's only because um, uh, the market, job opportunities, job opportunities. <coughs> uh, one person says, at this moment, I have no intention of emigration. If I emigrate, I will choose European countries. If I send my child abroad, the first choice is the US. If the US is impossible, then Europe. If Europe is impossible, then perhaps Canada. If Canada is impossible, then nowhere else to go to but stay in China. Who so wouldn't choose Australia? But I don't think studying in Australia is a big attraction. It's not worthwhile to spend so much money on education, on education in countries like Australia. Some Chinese students go to study in Australia because they are not competitive enough in China. They even cannot be admitted by a good university in China. Maybe this is more or less, I mean, is uh, 
a fair uh, uh, statement uh, at the moment. Maybe uh, in the future it will change. Even um, I mean, uh, very uh, competitive students will choose uh, Australia, but maybe, but not now. Not now. Uh, if I have an opportunity to do, this is by another person, have an opportunity to do a PhD in Australia, I will go. Australian education is as good as other Western countries, and it's attractive to Chinese people. So maybe this person knows more about uh, Australian education. Um, uh, now his background is um, university newspaper editor, so maybe he uh, knows more about Australia, Australian education. By the way, he works at Peking University, so I think he knows more about um, Australian education. But I won't emigrate to any other country. Australia is not one of the world's political or economic centers. So I don't think Chinese scholars or academics would like to, to settle in Australia for long, permanently. They may stay for one year or several years, but not for long. In the past, they chose West Europe, now the US. I think this is also more or less a fair uh, statement about the situation. <coughs> now, finally, about Aboriginal people, uh, you may wonder why Chinese people are interested in uh, this, this topic. Now, when we talk about Australia, now this topic is often, very often mentioned about Aboriginal issues, Aboriginal people. Uh, um, I really don't know why. I mean. Um, this is a kind of uh, uh, very important, it seems to be a very important topic in China, uh, Aboriginal issues, Aboriginal people. Um, <clears throat> so I asked them questions uh, uh, on this topic. Um, but in fact, they don't know much. They know very little about Aboriginal people. They have very little opportunity to know uh, Aboriginal uh, culture, Aboriginal life. But more or less, they're interested in the topic, no one. So most of them have little opportunity to know about Aboriginal people, Aboriginal life. Um, and the Chinese from Australia and Australians in China seldom talk about the Aboriginal people. So this is, in fact, not, uh, the, we, we, we don't get information, uh, a lot of information from uh, uh, the Chinese from Australia and Australians in China. Uh, they are not the sources of, the sources of information about Aboriginal life. But many Chinese people show great interest in uh, attention to the Aboriginal people. Okay. Um, so I think you may wonder why. Even I wonder why. I don't know uh, why this is an uh, 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 interesting topic. Uh, another uh, explanation could be uh, the Aboriginal people are underprivileged minority. Uh, they are marginalized. We Chinese people are more sympathetic, maybe. Uh, we show sympathy for those people who are underprivileged. Okay, this is one explanation, maybe. Uh, um, this is something to do with Chinese culture, I think, traditional culture, to show sympathy, to show support for the underprivileged, traditionally, more or less. Um, they say the Aboriginal issue affects Australia's international reputation. Some of them even know, uh, I don't know where, I asked one particular I mean, police officer, 
uh, uh, he even uh, had some knowledge of the stolen generation. That's very rare in China. I mean, very, very few people have heard of. I mean, those people who, ordinary Chinese people, I mean, if you, if you have never been to Australia, if, you, uh, if your occupation has nothing to do with Australia. But this police officer, and uh, uh, he didn't know, uh, did have some knowledge of um, the stolen generation. I asked where the, uh, the source, I mean, source of information. Uh, he said he uh, read uh, an article uh, on newspapers, a newspaper, newspaper uh, article. So this is his source of, uh, in that case, uh, the issue of uh, stolen generation um, has been mentioned in Chinese media, on Chinese media. Uh, so most show sympathy for their current situations and concern for their future. The Aboriginal culture is a unique and part of Australian culture and should be protected and promoted. This is what this is about, um, uh, this uh, uh, Australian uh, Aboriginal culture, Aboriginal life. Okay. <coughs> uh, this is from one um, uh, interviewee. Um, that's, I once saw a TV series program, Global Tracker, on Australia. The local guide is an Aboriginal. He said they had been driven out of their land by the white, by the white and the white made the land a golf court. But they didn't give up. They finally got the land back. The instances of getting their land back are few. I think there is still a lot for the government to do. The prejudice against their culture is still exists. I think this is cultural invasion. So uh, this is from um, person uh, in talking about the Aboriginal uh, issue. Uh, another one, I don't have a special impression of the Aboriginals. They seem to be like American Indians. They're different, right? No, of course they're not. Wearing feathers on their heads. This is not true. No, this is misconception. I once read an Australian history book. There's content about the Aboriginal's way of life, like fishing, hunting, fruit picking. If Aboriginal people are dressed in an Aboriginal way, I will feel uncomfortable and think it impossible for us to communicate. If I go to places where they live, I will feel frightened. If they are dressed like us, like what we wear, what we wear, uh, modern people, for example, uh, he mean, uh, she means modern people, I can accept it. If an Aboriginal comes to my community, I will feel more relaxed. If I study at an Australian university and there are Aboriginal classmates, that is normal. But if I go to their communities, and intentionally, when I travel, I will be very cautious, not knowing what they might do to me. So this is from a college student. Uh, college student. So you see a lot of um, conception I mean, about uh, Aboriginal life, you see, it's not that uh, fair, it's not that accurate. Um, but more or less, this is uh, what they know uh, uh, about Australia and their perception and uh, their attitude towards uh, Australia and Australian people. <coughs> now, there's one uh, extra outcome about the project, about the interviews. Um, I have to say, I can uh, feel, I can uh, observe that this, the interviews have aroused interest uh, in the country, in, in Australia, 
and they promise to pay more attention to Australia and things Australian. Their interest and attention will definitely influence the people around them, I think. Their family members, their friends, their colleagues, and even their children and many others. So it is a cheerful and encouraging prospect. Thank you. Thank you.